behavioral analysis, is it something that every EP professional should innately know? Welcome to The Circuit Magazine, the number one source of information on protection matters, the industry-leading magazine for all security professionals who want to stay ahead of the game. Behavioral analysis and the executive protection professional of tomorrow. What a big topic, but what an important topic. We're going to be joined by Miranda Kopolse, director, MC Global Consultants, big friend of the industry, excellent speaker. You've probably seen her on many, many stages as a keynote, giving us an insight into not just human behavior, but its applicability to the security industry. Um, John, why are you looking forward to this uh, topic today? Yeah, well, you know, I was a big advocate for getting Miranda onto the podcast. And like I think I've mentioned on previous episodes, a lot of that is self-serving. If you've got the opportunity to bring on a guest who is a subject matter expert in something that interests you or potentially something that you know is not one of your strengths, but would serve you to know more about, then let's get them on the show. That That's great for me, but I'm sure that's the case for many of our listeners as well. And I think one of the things that we try to do with the podcast is focus on areas that aren't just protection, hard skills, shall we say, and to focus on the areas around that. So gap skills, but also other areas of complementary skills that will support us as protection specialists in our day-to-day jobs. And so this whole area of behavioral analysis is fascinating More so, I I also think it's something that is within all of us to some degree. And that's exciting because, you know, it's not like we're coming into this with no knowledge, with no understanding of the subject. It's how can we better understand what we already know on some level? Elijah, what can we hope to achieve today when we speak with Miranda? So I'm looking forward to this one, particularly because I think this behavioral analysis, that topic is something that in the close protection community, we maybe hear about it, but in terms of it being an actual individual skill that we would put to use, we kind of just, you know, uh, I, I get it in theory, but I'm not spending too much time learning about it. And so when I think about uh, our guest today, this is something that she does. She does well and she communicates it well. And, and then it helps you kind of have that aha moment, like, okay, I can see why this is useful. Because do you think a lot of professionals think they've had that aha moment, mainly because they've been in a war zone, they've had to gain people's confidence quickly, it's been part of their, their basic training, but that aha moment is kind of premature because there are lots of skills they really don't actually have. Well, that's exactly it. I, I always try and say, you don't know what you don't know. So yes, you might be doing some of these things. And yes, you might have this little sixth sense of the hair stick up on the back of your neck. But why does that happen? You know, what's happening in our brain chemistry? What's happening in our, you know, in our genetics that makes us act the way we do? What makes the bad guy act the way they they do? What makes our VIPs and our protectees act the way they do? So someone who can kind of, you know, distill that and, and, and communicate that to us so that we get it. uh, I, I think that's a great guest to have on the show. And, and have you had to, you know, look into this in your own work? Obviously, you, 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 you've got great experience across the sector and also in some, you know, specific subsectors. 
Is this something that's actually cropped up in your in your line of work? Absolutely. And then again, I'll be as guilty as anyone else in thinking that, um, oh, as long as I have the hard skills, and as long as I know how to do this, this, and this, I can get by on just maybe the strength of my personality or, or the hope that nothing goes wrong. But I've been fortunate enough to have a few mentors that are also deep into this topic. And when they share something, and again, the, the how and the why, that light bulb goes off and go, and I go, oh, wow, yeah, I need to know more about this. And so, so again, I, I think I've been fortunate enough to kind of go down that rabbit hole and learn more, but I'm always trying to uh, gain additional knowledge on the topic. And I think it's great that we can introduce this, you know, from the pages of the circuit to the, to the wider listenership. I love it. And, and Miranda, very much in demand at the moment, you know, a bit about her background. Of course, she's had a lot of experience, both in the public and private sectors. Uh, she works uh, with the Children's uh, Rescue Initiative and other human trafficking causes, which is, which is really heartfelt and, and great for the industry. She's so active. I'm, I'm really pleased we actually got uh, some time with her. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to uh, talking behavioral analysis with her. And now let's meet one of the contributors to the Circuit magazine. Welcome to the Circuit Magazine podcast. We are talking behavioral analysis with Miranda Capulse, founder MC Global. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you here. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. It's fantastic. We're bringing the pages of the magazine to life. We're, we're very pleased to hear from you. Let's do a quick fire round before we get into it. So Miranda, behavioral analysis, what is your biggest gripe with the industry as it stands? As it stands, um, well, I, I believe that it's really a necessary need for the industry right now, especially because the world is so evolving and, and so much also online evolving that we are almost confused in what is emotion and what is not, what is the right behavior and what is not. All the cultures almost getting mixed up in the online world. And we now see with although not this year traveling, but with all the travel and all the cultures uh, that we experience and all the different groups of people, that, uh, that it's really time to understand their way of thinking. We don't live in our little villages anymore. We have to go out, and especially in this industry of security. Um, and as Elijah knows, with, uh, with EP and CP, you travel with your clients, you, you come in, you know, you step into the lives of different families and you just have to know who they are, how they think, what they feel and what is normal observable behavior. I like it. So then where do you get your enthusiasm for this topic? Ooh. Well, that goes uh, back a long time. I'm just a, a human nature freak, almost probably. I, I'm just so fascinated by why some people do this and the other person does the exact opposite. And so I, I've all researched for over 20 years now, where does certain behavior come from? Uh, why does a certain person gets angry? Why another, you know, stays calm? Uh, why has uh, is it humor for one person? What for another person is an offense? Um, so yeah, I, I think that's where it comes from. I'm just fascinated by how people respond in different ways. 
well hopefully we can let that filter through that enthusiasm to our to our audience and and i guess then finally for them you know what would you like people not yet initiated in the topic of behavioral analysis to better understand I, I would love for them to better understand why we do the things that we do in certain circumstances. I, I think that's in a nutshell, really. Just, you know, if we all get a better understanding, we can solve problems so much easier. You know, one of the reasons why I think this topic is, is so fascinating is because in our industry, sometimes the mindset is we're here to kind of clean up the mess, you know, when the gun comes out, then we jump in front of the bullet to kind of, you know, uh, to, 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 to generalize it. But, but in theory, if we understood the motivations about why people do a thing, that helps us prevent that. And I think when we're spot on, you know, I'm, I'm super excited for this episode because uh, I, can, I can already tell that you're approaching it from like a mindset of, let's, you know, let, let's figure out why a person is doing a thing. Uh, and that gives us some extra tools. Do, do I have that right? Yes, absolutely. I, I, I really believe because people make it look like rocket science. And I want to show you guys, it's all not that complicated. We all, <laughs> who we are, we are all humans. We all have the same kind of brain. It just works a little bit different sometimes because of our upbringing and our, you know, culture that we, that we came from. But in essence, we can all understand it if we just want to, if we just listen. So let me ask you that then. So when we're talking about you know, detecting specific behavioral anomalies and trying to figure out why a person does a thing. Are you saying that's something that anyone can learn? Anyone can learn the basics. Anyone can learn to understand the basics. Of course, if you want to learn uh, like the neurology and everything behind it, that's a whole different level and a whole different study. But, you know, I always try, especially in my seminars or, or, or trainings to, I don't mean that in, in a wrong way, but just almost talk in Sesame Street language because it is really that simple. A kid can learn. A kid can understand this. It's just asking yourself questions. It, it's really all about curiosity. It's just that, that one simple word that can help us all. That makes a lot of sense because I think one of the challenges is, is that, you know, many of us, and again, I'm going to kind of speak to our profession. We, we've spent all of these years kind of honing these certain skills, you know, particularly with an emphasis on the hard skills. Yes. And then we get introduced to a new concept and we go, Oh, you know, I don't have any time for that. You know, I, you know, I'm, I'm too far in the game for this. Uh, but you're saying otherwise, is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. You, you can do it while, while training your heart skills or while being somewhere, just stand still for a minute and, and just ask, like, what is really the problem here? Is there a problem here? And, and what do I need to do if a problem occurs here? Just look around, ask yourself questions. And why is a certain person behaving a certain way? Is it normal that they do it that way? Is there a certain situation maybe somebody is late for their flight and is going to get married or somebody just missed the mm -hmm. flight that their their bridal dress was on you know that gets <laughs> all stressed out and and while there is nothing going on of course they can get snappy and just you know angry uh, to anyone really uh, in that area but it doesn't mean it is a threat so uh, if you just learn mm -hmm. to look at certain things and especially towards yourself 
I always say, then it's really, it's absolutely not, it's actually really fun. Okay, so I gotta hit you on that last part. You said yeah. that you kind of learned to look at yourself. So what can you, what do you mean by that? Can you elaborate? Uh, learn to look at yourself. So uh, when you feel like you're getting uh, stressed, are, at that point, really just take a breath and, and think of your thing like with yourself and about yourself. What am I doing here? What am I for? Usually when you're under stress, you immediately react. That's neurologically, that's how we are, you know, but you can learn to just step back for a little bit, especially for instance, a lot of people have those triggers. It's just a little snap with the reality. And that normally we all, you know, need that, but sometimes we don't. And that's because we are just wired that way. When we need it, for instance, is when somebody dodges a ball at us and we automatically duck, you know, we, we go away from the ball. Or when there is a, a car on a parking lot just going out of the parking lot and it almost hits you, you jump back. You don't think of that. You cannot really see that coming, so, you know, but mm. unconsciously you do that and you can learn from that you can really dig into that mm. yourself and, and and learn those triggers before they really happen so miranda this is interesting and i and i like uh, elijah picking up on that you know self-reflection yeah. point because we like to self-reflect as a magazine and we like to draw parallels and conclusions bring in the corporate security world with the ep world your work doesn't just look at you know, our world, as it were, you also work in the human trafficking space, or at least you support yeah. charities and initiatives. What parallels and lessons can be drawn between the two sectors? Because actually, I know there are a few EP people that in their spare time or when they have uh, the opportunity, they also help. What, what are the parallels that we can learn? I believe, well, there are certainly because we have we really need the saviors, the physical bodies that go in and save those kids or the families that are being trafficked. Um, but also they need to know about what where they are going and, and what their the surroundings look like and how to act on what's happening at that time, because you can plan so many things. And we all know that, especially in security but this can happen and the whole world sure. changes. Um, mm -hmm. For instance, I don't know if you heard about that, but it was the, the Talese, that, that speedy fast train that went from Brussels to Paris. And all of a sudden, everyone was like hanging out, let's say in the train. And all of a sudden, a guy stands up, goes to the toilet. Somebody already feels like something is off and he comes out with weapons. And he starts shooting and stabbing people. And the first thing people do is like, normally they wouldn't expect that. But luckily there were a few Marines also and a guy that was just another hero stood up and did everything to attack that person and to prevent that fight. So it's all about questioning if you see something that seems normal because we were all on the train and yes, sometimes somebody has to go to the toilet on the train. But if that behavior seems off, always listen to your gut feeling. Take a breath, look around you. What are, where is that person coming from? How is he come or she coming out? Usually, unfortunately, it's still the he. 
but also the victims in human trafficking. How can you recognize a person? Because a victim is not walking around with a sign, help me, I'm a victim. But they have certain personality traits, like they don't dare to look up or to other people. They are kind of nervous or they're really quiet. They're sitting by themselves or they are watching at a certain person all the time while that person is not standing with them. But on the other side, for instance, at the gate at an airport, if you just learn about just normal human behavior, really, what is normal human behavior? We all in essence, know that. And we all, in essence, know a little bit about what's off. And if you don't know that, you can ask and learn about that, for instance, from me. But there are many amazing teachers out there. So I, I think that is a bit what we can all take from that. So you take like a, a cause like preventing human trafficking. And then you take our careers, which is, you know, we have a protector mindset. But if we're understanding kind of that human behavior piece, we can apply that to both areas because in, even in everyday life, like you say, we spend a ton of time at airports. So at an airport, as opposed to me just reading a trashy novel or something or, or staring at this, the screen of the television there, you could actually be practicing and looking around exactly. and, and yeah. observing. Yeah, and even in hotels, you spend tons of times, like in hotels, how many people don't you see there from so many cultures? Just observe them, learn from them, ask yourself questions. It's the ultimate people watching, isn't it, Elijah? Mm -hmm. it, it's something we can all do. And obviously, unfortunately, modern day slavery and human trafficking is uh, prevalent, even in places you wouldn't expect it. Uh, I was indeed talking to someone talking about my very uh, area where I live. And that was surprising. So definitely relevant. And especially now, the trafficking, uh, you, you would say that when everything is closed, it's difficult, but it's even easier because they approach you online and lure you in. It's, uh, yeah, unfortunately. And the thing is, what I see in daily life on the streets or in the hotels or when traveling or when even in, in businesses, like even every department even has their own culture. And there's always something, if you ask someone who's the bully here, or who's the, the not so fun guy or girl from this department, they all point to the same person. And if they always ask you like, hey, but who's the person you would go to who you trust? Most of the time from every department, they all point to the same person. You know, so, right. oh, so, um, so, you're, so you're saying you're saying that these observations that we have, you know, in virtual areas, in cyberspace, in these social media forums, those same behaviors, you know, obviously because, those tales yes. exist in, in, in real space. Right. Yeah, because it are all the same traits. Right. Even online, there are people approaching you. They have fake profiles. But who says that when you are talking in a bar to someone and um um, he says like, hey, I'm Barry and I'm from there and there. Who says that's true? Right. So you never know what the, what the intention, intention sorry, of the person is. So always that's why I always teach people be curious, ask yourself questions. So so I think you've written about this uh, virtual DNA. You, you talk about your footprint, virtual DNA. It sounds like a cool or scary term, depends how you look at it. Can, can you tell us a bit about what that is uh, that is really every click you do on your computer wherever you are on whatever website online you leave a trace 
And there are companies that are following that trace and they are buying the information also. Uh, they're a sort of brokers almost that collect information and sell it to, maybe they collect it from Facebook and they sell it to LinkedIn or they sell it to companies that, because if, if you are always clicking on people that are like eating and drinking, they will sell your information to companies that, you know, sell food or drinks. So mm -hmm. from everyone, no one accepted, there is an erroneous profile online. So there is another you, it's not you, but it's the digital you, it's what you do online. And it doesn't mean it is you because if let's say a, a friend of mine calls me and he lives in, in China, And he says, you know, I've seen, I want to stay here with my girlfriend. We are going to buy a house. Here are three homes we saw. I sent you the links. Look at them. What that erroneous profile does with your clicks is saying that, let's say it is me. Oh, my God, that is a rich woman. She lives in the Netherlands, but she's looking for penthouses in China. So now we have to find realtors in China uh, that we can sell this information to. And all of a sudden, that's the same as when you talk about something, all of a sudden you see ads popping up on Facebook or, and you're like, that's a coincidence. I, I just recently spoke to someone about this. And that is your DNA footsteps really uh, that you make. And that although it's not totally you, There are companies that, that really want that stuff and targeting it. The and same criminals. With especially criminals. Yes. Especially when you always click or, or mention how depressed you are, or how sad you are. There are always those predators, I always say, that come to you and they will tell you like how great you are and, and how much they want to get to know you and, um, and, and slowly lure you into... Uh, First, probably an online friendship, then an online relationship, and then they will get you out. They meet you somewhere. If lucky, you can get home afterwards. If not, you're theirs. And that happens too often still. Wow. I, I, I think this turned out to be a great episode because, again, it, it's giving our listeners kind of a chance to, to look at, you know, the, the concept of behavior analysis and see the, the application in kind of like the real world. And, and I always want to kind of bring it back to, you know, for people in the close protection industry who, when they're newer concepts that aren't necessarily focused on the hard skills, they kind of, you kind of gloss over it. And I, I, like a service like yours, how does somebody benefit from it? How does somebody make you know, like use of it? So if I'm already doing close protection work and, and, and maybe I, I work full time or I'm looking at transitioning, You know, how is it what, what you do and what you teach, does that help someone's skill set? Well, for instance, if, if we stay to, uh, to your profession, um, uh, how do you, you know, if, if you do an advance, you already want to know, for instance, at a hotel, who do you get cooperating when, when your client and you arrive and something happens? Who opens the back door? Um, who has a certain room for you available? So you try to recognize the right people for your project and you also learn skills to like when there's an emergency let's say you're somebody gets shot it, it was meant for your client 
uh, you want run or run away. How do you get those people out of the way? How do you get people listening to you without, you know, you have to find a balance in being demanding and, and having people cooperate with you. What if you are somewhere and your taxi driver is gone because you didn't pay him for a couple of days and you're just arriving there with your client? And now what, you know, uh, and you see maybe if it's a famous person and you see the fence coming up, that client, and you recognize a fan that is always being nasty, what is that person going to do? Because you have no way out at that time. So how do you quickly, you know, manage to have a team together that is responsive and, and, and likes you? You need to be likable in a way as well. So how do you use those soft skills? But also... Maybe if you learned those skills and you already like have been trained in that, in a sense, you would have seen, for instance, that a taxi driver would not have been that happy for the last couple of days already. What if you just stepped in a little earlier and are able to prevent the whole thing from happening? So those are the little tricks that, that you can learn Because usually if if you don't train them and if you hear them one time, you just go back to your old default setting. And once you're under stress and you have to arrange things, you go back to what you know. But if you repeat things and learn things, you make new neural pathways and it becomes easy. You just immediately think of those things and and it goes you know, along the process of, of building your whole program, you talk different to people, you ask more questions and you ask more questions maybe that make more sense also to wake up almost the people that you work with, even though it's temporary. So, you know, you, you can learn, I always say, and, and every day we learn and, and, and we, we, we can learn from other people, from their responses, but also they can learn from you. And, yeah, I always say you're never you're never too old to become human and, and to be curious. You know, we are not robots. That's something that we really have to realize. We are not robots. And that's what eventually we do. We go in a certain mode and we just do it. And sometimes when we look back, we are like, oh, I could have done this better. I could have done that better. But because we are so used to a certain mode, every time we sort of make that, it's not a mistake, but we sort of repeat the whole series uh, and if we just learn about one or two little things different then it, it can bring us so much wealth knowledge oh, I, I agree um, just, just really quick here I was on an assignment in Nigeria and the other agent I was with Benjamin he's from Nigeria and so he was just you know as we were working he was just offering these little tips and these little tidbits and one of the things um I don't know if I mentioned it to him first or, or it just kind of came up, but as we were just observing some people in a, in a marketplace, they were literally screaming at each other. And so from a distance, it looked like an argument. And what he mentioned was in this culture here and in this environment, there's so much noise pollution that people naturally just raise their voice to be heard. And so in their culture, this is just a normal conversation. And so if you go into that without that understanding, particularly from a different mindset, and you know, you think that raising the voice signals aggression, and you know, so we're not on the same page right away. And that can maybe lead to uh, a confrontation. This was many years ago. And that's something that always stuck with me, which is we might think we know something, but we're looking at it through our own lens as opposed to 
the environment or the, or the culture that we're in. Yes, it's, it's always good to, to learn a little bit about the country that you're going through or, or, or and to. Mm-hmm. You know, you travel through it, but you also go to it. And what is mm-hmm. their normal daily routine of those people? What are they doing? What, what is the way they communicate with each other? It's the same as when I'm in the Middle East. Sometimes I see people, but they are just passionate, you know, and, and, <laughs> and there is, there's no fight at all. And what you said there, it's about the sound. They just want to, you know, come over that sound to be heard. Um, so, uh, yeah, there are so many, especially in cultures. And that's what I always see, especially when people say, well, I've been all over. And I said, are you really especially on vacation? Because usually they step on a plane, they step out, the taxi is waiting, they go to a <laughs> resort. And if lucky, sure. they do a few excursions, but it's all guided. They don't really see the culture. So especially with NEP, when you just start traveling, really educate yourself, you know, watch some movies, watch some documentaries, ask people in your surroundings. Uh, I always say create that steady group of peers that you can consult. Just ask. Just ask. I love it. It's so simple, yet why aren't we doing it? It's certainly really Important well, it's topic. also because a lot of people don't dare to ask, right? It's uh, some people think they should know it all. I think that's also a barrier we need to break. We cannot be all knowing, and that's okay. And that's why, and and that's why we invite people like you onto the podcast so that we can know a bit more. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's and I can only tell so much in such a short time, but it's it's just fascinating <laughs> what your head does and how it responds you know, and how your body responds to certain impulses or certain thoughts. Well, Miranda, it's been a pleasure. Um, I know uh, you're very active on the BBA Connect app. Uh, Thank you for that support. And you're very active in the whole community. So it's nice to bring the pages of all of that to life. So from Elida and myself, thank you very much for joining us. You're so welcome. That was so fun. Wonderful to welcome Miranda, such a wealth of experience and knowledge, behavioral and analytics and analysis, so key for EPO tomorrow. Um, John, what did you get out of today's session? Fantastic session. I think for me, it was, wow, how much simpler it is than maybe a lot of us realize. So it doesn't need to be complicated. It's, It's something that's already within all of us. And we just need to work out how to harness the knowledge we already have. A lot of us who were in the military, we might have used a phrase like combat indicators, you know, and that's, I guess, in many ways, what Miranda was referring to when she would say triggers, you know, very, very similar skill sets to what a lot of us already have. It's just about understanding where they are and how we can pull them to the surface, dust them off a bit and reuse them now in an executive protection role. Also, the way in which it can be brought to reality or give real world examples a bit more life. Um, I think uh, everyone will remember, you know, last month's Executive Security and Close Protection Technology Forum. Uh, We had a section there on fixated individuals. Philip Grindle, shout out. Thanks very much. Um, And and there it really described how you would better deal with the behavior of fixated individuals in a very different way to get more intelligence, to get more information. And, and I think Miranda really encompassed that. I, I like to draw the, the parallels as well between the, the various industries. So, John, on the BBA and Circuit Magazine front, uh, what, what have we got coming up? 
All right, well, what I want to mention first of all is our new newsletter called On The Circuit. It's it's going out weekly. And what it is, it's a, it's a roundup and a snapshot of everything that we're doing here at The Circuit. So you can find out about the podcast, the new magazine, what's going on on the website, all the events we're running. And also we delve into BBA Connect a little bit and pull out any great conversations that we got going on there. And we'll be sharing that weekly. So if you're not already on the list, then head across to the Circuit Magazine site and sign up for that. I like it. And, and also, when I when I looked at the first edition, I, I, I sort of was pleased that we could see various episodes of the Circuit Magazine podcast there, but also some of the more prominent articles, but then event reviews. And it, it's really handy because there's a lot of information in a lot of places. It, I, I think it really brings it all together. One thing I'd like to mention, coming up on the 4th of March, we have Inspiring Individuals Overcoming Adversity event, very kindly supported by Enablement Advisors. Um, that will be in the UK late afternoon and PST early morning. We've got some fantastic people uh, there, including Sue Williams, QPM uh, hostage uh, negotiator, uh, and Peter Moore, who, who has an inspiring story about remaining positive after kidnap, but also a couple of faces that are sort of new to the circuits in, in, in our world, at least. Daddy Hanoch, uh, who uh, had to uh, deal with difficult circumstances in the Israeli embassy in Cairo, uh, and Avi Tabib, uh, who was a national hero after uh, catching a terrorist uh, and getting injured in a blast uh, as well. So I, I think there's room enough for explainers and uh, content to tell you how to do your job. And of course, uh, part of what we're trying to do, bringing the Circuit Magazine pages to live is, uh, you know, to, to sort of do that. But it's nice to be able to bring something that gives back to the community um, a voice on the 4th of March. Uh, lectern with a U dot live. Uh, but we'll send you details anyway. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic event. I'm really looking forward to that one, especially, uh, you know, we got the likes of Peter Moore, you mentioned there, who's wrote for the Circuit in the past. And you know, it's a fantastic article, actually, and can be found online. And I wouldn't exactly say it's a spoiler to read it before the event, but will really help set the scene. It goes into a lot of detail, and it'll be great to hear him talking live at the event. Well, good. I tell you what, let's thank Miranda once again for being such an excellent supporter of the magazine and the cause. We're very pleased to tackle the topic of behavioral analysis. I sense it's one we're going to have to come back to in a later episode as well. But from John and Elijah and myself, thank you very much for being a part of this week's fantastic Circuit Magazine podcast. We look forward to welcoming you next week. You have been listening to the Circuit Magazine podcast. Be sure to subscribe and be sure to not miss an episode.